Hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Dickens and Quips, the poet podcast that takes the keats for my keats, sugar for my honey, out of poetry. Join me, Dee Dickens, as I wander around showing you a world that isn't only populated by old dead white men. This week, oh, so excited this week, I have Kate North with me, or should I say Dr. Kate North? It's actually really important to me that women get referred to by the titles that they bloody well earned. So I have Dr. Kate North with me. I'm very, very pleased about this for reasons I will go into, but first, the official bio. Kate North writes poetry and fiction and is from Cardiff. She is a reader a reader in creative writing at Cardiff Metropolitan and chair of Literature Wales. She has published four books. Her first poetry collection was Bistro in 2012, described as skillful and particularly poignant in New Welsh Review and as sparkling with energy and vitality in Orbis Quarterly International Literary Journal. Her 2018 poetry collection, The Way Out, contains poems that relate the personal, the political, the everyday and the absurd. Zoe Brigley has described it as muscular and commanding, Nice. The Philip Gross says that reading it is like being outbound on a journey. Nice. Her 2019 short story collection is called Punch, which Rachel Tresize describes as original and inventive, sincere and gutsy. Now, if you live in Wales, you know Rachel Tresize is a big deal, but a bigger deal is Kate North. Help me welcome her. Say hi, Kate. <laughs> Thank you, Dee. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. What the bio doesn't say is what Kate means to me personally. Kate's one of my lecturers at uni and reading her work in first year got me thinking about prose poetry and how we apply poetics to our work. Um, we had this conversation and she I couldn't remember which one it was. So I went back this morning and had a look to see which poem it was of yours that we did. And it was The Snow Spits. Oh, right. OK. Yeah. And I read it back again and still went, oh, I love this poem. It, it's just <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. The imagery in it and like the snowflake on the wrist and ah it's just it's just gorgeous um and it made me question what poetry could be I was fresh out of thinking poetry was just old dead white men so this was a tsunami of feels and opportunity and and whoa the, the what <laughs> it literally I sat there with my jaw down um I think it was probably the moment I thought all right maybe there's more to this she in year three she took me for a class called the autobiographical eye and got me thinking about how I write why I write and that assignment was a real turning point it led to a whole collection about how my brain works um, resting confused face has come out of the autobiographical eye class so I can't wait to pick her shortly wow so, yeah so <laughs> when you Last week I was talking to Sven Steers and we were talking about the impact that our poetry has on people and how we don't always know it and how actually it's really nice to be able to tell people. It's one of the things I like about doing this podcast. I get to tell people what their work means to me. That's great. It's lovely to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad it's lovely to hear. So for this week in What You're Reading, Dee, 
I have revisited a collection from one of my other lecturers. I have been reading More Than You Were by Christina Thatcher again. Um, it's one of those that I pick up every now and then just to remind myself of how beautiful it is. This collection is about her father and death and grief and addiction. And the one I'm gonna to read to you is Anticipation. So this is Anticipation by Christina Thatcher. I sat in the car and waited for whatever you were doing to finish. You told me if I was good, I could have my own pack of red gum from the store. For hours, I imagined the taste of cinnamon that never came. Always gets me how she can pack so much into so few words. It's just, oh, so yeah. It, yeah, well, leaving you with that taste of cinnamon. Yeah. She just leaves you with the taste of cinnamon that never comes. So she leaves you yearning for mm -hmm. that cinnamon, which puts you right in the car with her. Yeah, it does. And, and you're left waiting as a reader. It's really beautiful. It is. It's stunning. Stunning, not just poetically, but technically as well. She's yeah. very, very good out, Christina. So <laughs> <laughs> the poem of mine that I'm doing this week is... Um, one of those that's actually from the new, the new collection, Resting Confused Face. Exciting. That was, yeah, that was, um, basically Kate always got me thinking about what I'm doing in an analytical way. I started to question what exactly a poem was. So this one is something I wrote while thinking about what a poem was. So this is, this is a poem. Let me just tell you cigarettes taste terrible. The sheer commitment you need to have to get that shit into your lungs more than once should come with a medal. World's most stupid 12 year old. But this is not an anti-smoking poem. Let me just tell you, I went to every effort to make sure I was caught. World's smallest punk blossoming into rebel without a clue, coughing up lungs in the silent chapel. Ash staining the altar cloth grey, but this is not an anti-religion poem. Let me just tell you the beating I took for getting suspended and bringing shame was made worse for the screaming through a blue haze cigarette fog while tripping over a full ashtray. This is a poem about hypocrisy. Wow. Thanks. I'm really <laughs> very fond of that poem. It's one Do you of my... really smoke a cigarette in church? Yeah, yeah. I went to a convent. Um, <laughs> I went to the convent of Our Lady School for Girls <laughs> in Hastings and <laughs> did not fit in, in the slightest. <laughs> if you could see Kate, she is giggling her head off. <laughs> Having known me for like a couple of years, I can see she's thinking, no, she wouldn't. And because I didn't fit in, I thought, well, if I'm not going to fit in, let's not fit in all the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hated it there, but I wasn't allowed to leave. So I thought, well, if I could try and get kicked out, that's different. And yeah, it was bad. Did you <laughs> succeed? No. <laughs> right. 
Worst thing is, the girl I was smoking with, I'm not going to mention her name because I'm sure she's grown up and got family and stuff of her own now and probably doesn't want me spilling her secrets. But she was so badly behaved. Her parents paid extra to keep her there. <laughs> my, my parents decided that like private school is where I should go it was really against my principles even as an 11 year old an 11 year old socialist I didn't want to go but yeah so I hung out with this girl and if you hung out with her you were pretty much covered by the diplomatic community <laughs> <laughs> well it wasn't for me because I still never got kicked out I got asked to tender my resignation in year three I'm not going to tell you what that was for. Okay. I might put it in a poem at some point. You will, you will. I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well. <laughs> okay, so now this is the bit that I really, really love. Um, the guest interview. And I still don't have a jingle. I need to have a jingle. Yeah. Yeah, I should have a <laughs> jingle. I, yeah. But I, I, I'm absolutely hot on paying everybody for everything. So I'll have to wait until I've got some money and then I can pay someone to make me a jingle. But I'm going to ask Kate the questions that matter now. Okay. Okay. So the very first one, just a little thing. Why is poetry important to you? Well, God, it's, it, it, it's, it's just part of me, I suppose. Um, I've always been drawn to write poetry. It seems to help me make sense of the world. Or if I can't make sense of the world, it makes me feel better about not being able to make sense of it um yeah that that's makes sense to me so have you been writing poetry forever mm, yeah I really have actually since a very young age I've, I've always written full stop yeah um, and I've always written poetry I, I wouldn't have necessarily known what I was writing was poetry at younger age but I, I was always doing that trying to uh, find the best form of words to describe a particular feeling or a situation um, yeah it's something I've always done but I think you know I, I grew up in an environment where people sort of enjoyed language even just on a verbal level you know yeah. playing with words and, and, and things and so it was just fun to me. Playing with words is fun is yeah. something I can absolutely identify with. I come from a long oral tradition and I think it's one of the reasons that I feel so at home in Wales. Right, yeah. Because there is that oral tradition there as well. So the amount of people I know, the amount of writers, Welsh writers that I know, who seem to get absolute joy out of words. Yeah, it is. It's all around us. And I, I really didn't appreciate that as, as a young child. It's only sort of looking back and with a slightly older head that I realised that's where so much of it comes from because you are surrounded by it particularly in South Wales um yeah that that richness of language and expression and the the absolute joy people have in expressing themselves <laughs> and that expression covers everything I mean yesterday we're recording this on the 22nd though it's not going to go out for a little while yet yesterday obviously was the anniversary of the Aberfan disaster and there have been so many words written about that too, so many poetic words, um, so much singing. It seems to me when the Welsh feel any emotion, whether it's joy or grief, there are words for that. 
yeah or 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 um that it's like a natural instinct to try and attempt to find those words yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense that really does so um are you writing at the moment and if so what kind of stuff you're writing oh i'm always writing um and i'm writing poetry um yeah I think maybe I've got the beginnings of a new collection starting to form, but I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say too much about it. I get it. Uh, I might be wrong. <laughs> there is always that feeling that if you name it, it will slip away. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> so um, how much are you reading at the moment and what are you reading? Cause I'm assuming you're reading. Yeah, I'm reading. Uh, what's the last thing I read? It was a short story collection, actually, by Ali Smith called Public Library. Yeah. And um, that's, that's a, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That's a sort of quietly political collection of short stories on the importance of libraries um, that, uh, that aren't always very well funded in Great Britain at the minute. Um, no. So... That, that I, t- I totally recommend that and she's she's a writer that I find um very compelling in terms of uh the short story form she really likes to condense things um and you know she can give you a whole world in a moment and um I find her prose actually very poetic for, for that reason yeah funnily enough actually um we did we did some Ali Smith in first year with Dan when we were doing writing short stories and she she does the whole world is captured in a moment which is why I liked Christina's poem that I read earlier as well anticipation because you are in this car in that car there is nothing outside of it um so I love that about it and Ali Smith yeah she is really good I'll put a link to her stuff in the show notes when this goes out as well so if anybody who's listening wants to have a look at that they can find it nice and easily um obviously the links to your stuff will be going in as well so and your twitter and everything so it's great um so my favorite bits this is um whose poem from someone else are you gonna read which poem from someone else are you gonna read for us okay so um, I'm going to read uh, a poem by Jackie Kay from her collection, Life Mask. Um, and I love this, this collection. Um, and it's dedicated to her son, Matthew, the collection is. And um, this, this particular poem is, is about watching him um, grow up, I suppose. And in lockdown, uh, particularly over the summer with kids at home, uh, I was very much watching my children grow up (laughs) 24-7 in now. And um, so I feel like I've been doing a lot of that lately. And this is is a beautiful poem. It's about watching him play the piano. And, um, yeah, it's it's, um, full of love and a weird sort of beautiful sadness as well, I think. Um, And it's called... Piano, 4pm. The music lifts up and up and up. My son's scales trails his long brown fingers. It is so particular. Do, re, mi. He sits like time held still 
on the red piano stool. Far so la. The scales linger on his shoulders, circle his childhood, Tito, and saunter down the hall to float above me in the kitchen cooking his dinner. The music lifts the lids. Biding time, holding the moment well. In the interval, the strange space between notes, I chop onions. I stir and wait, taste and pause. I grind some pepper, sprinkle some sea salt. He starts again. And in they come, the children from another time, lifting their skirts running by the dark river and the bells of the past, they ring and ring. An old woman remembers how she used to dance, waltzing, waltzing into the night air. And the night waves rish and crash and falter and the rocks are always bare and glistening. My son plays Arioso in F away into the future. I can hear him grow up, up and off, off and up. I can see us in the space between the bars, mother and son. Here we come and go. My boy will become a man. The light will see the dark. The music flowing now sweeps and turns, rising and falling, innocent and knowing, pushing out its long limbs, the dance of the bones. It yearns and swings through the heart of our home. I hold my wooden spoon midair like a proud conductor, tears fall down my face like notes. Oh, that's gorgeous. It is, isn't it? Yeah, the rhythm of it. Mm. The rhythm of it feels like a, a, a waltz. I wanted to like, I was gently swaying to that. It's absolutely gorgeous. Good choice. I'll mm. stick um, a link to the in the show notes to that as well. I think Great. So people can get hold of her collection. In fact, I'm going to have to order a copy for myself because you'll love it. You'll love it because that was it. Just it. I used to get so bored doing scales when I <laughs> piano. I used literally fall asleep on the piano. I hated it. It never occurred to me until just now that other people might have got some joy from hearing those same <laughs> repeated notes over and over. <laughs> ah, that's made me think. See, you always make me think. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's your job, but yeah, you do always make me think. So yeah, that's really cool. So, what one of which one of your poems are you going to read for us? Okay, so this is uncanny because I decided to read this before um, you read your poem about smoking in in a in a in a church, um, and I think you you may appreciate. Itch because uh, there's a, a a nod to uh, religion and I I went to um, a Catholic school and was taught by nuns um, and uh, th there were some things I, I liked about it and I actually quite liked 
and lots of things that uh, I like less. But but um, in terms of the things I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the stories of the saints because I found them fascinating. Yes. Most saints, as recorded, um, had really weird lives and did odd things and had stigmata in strange places and did crazy stuff and I found them fascinating so this poem I'm going to read to you is called an A to Z of Saints and it's kind of in a homage to all those those stories um growing up fantastic okay an A to Z of Saints Aloysius fired a gun Bernadine melted sinners Christina survived a furnace. Dunstan played the harp. Elizabeth carried roses. Finbar rode the sea. Gengulf slept with the king. Hugh sang after death. Ithid guarded the grail. Jerome suffered with guilt. Kilda is an island. Lorenzo swung to tears. Margaret expired through grief. Nicholas punched heretics. Osseth consolidated Essex. Paula renounced amusement. Quentin floated intact. Rita swarmed with bees. Sydney preferred mad dogs. Theodora worked in a brothel. Alfred broke Thor with an axe. Virgil knew of another world. Volberga caused oil to flow. Sixtus died with his deacons. Eve wore a hair shirt. Zoe refused to submit to Mars. Wow! <laughs> That's some wild stuff! <laughs> pretty wild, pretty wild. That's right. I love that. Thank you so much. I can't remember the name of him now. No one will remember, but there was a, a saint in Bristol he's a Bristol saint for some reason and he was that that into giving speeches and sermons he died while leaning up against a wall mid-sermon <laughs> I have to I have to immediately find out who that was now That's yeah brilliant. I will I, when I find out I will I will I will email you and let you know but yeah it's saints are wild yeah and I love that poem because there is such a, a what the fuck element to it, which seems kind of irre irreverent at the same time as showing these mad individuals complete reverence for being mad. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, also, you know, like how these, to me, they're like fairy stories yeah. or, or magical realist stories. And you know, half the stories in the Bible are bonkers. And um, yeah, they're just, uh, they're absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I mean, Kilda is an island. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have to look up St. Kilda now. <laughs> but thank you so much for that, Kate. I was really, really enjoyed that. Pleasure. So this week on lines that make you go, ooh, I wish I'd written that. I'm actually going to read the first poem we've had submitted on a prompt. Hooray! So, <laughs> Camille Brouard, you are a star. Um, oh, that rhymed. Mm -hmm. I don't usually do rhyming. Um, Camille is lovely. I met her at Unislam this year. 
and she's been part of this whole massive community of poets that got together and have become family over the lockdown it's just Aww. been incredible <laughs> Like hundreds. I have a list of hundreds of people I want to get on this podcast. It's going to take <laughs> me years to get through everybody. It's great. And um, she sent in um, a poem on the prompt of ball gown. It's great. So I'm just going to read that. It's called Regency Queerer. I don't know if I'd want the ball gown on your body or on mine which heaving chest to press against the chinoiserie wallpaper or where to put the breeches and whose hands would breach them, yours or mine, yours or mine. Wow. Yeah. I so love me a bit of chinoiserie wallpaper. Oh, especially with a heaving breast up against it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I have found about um, the contemporary poetry community is it's such an accepting space and when I say accepting I don't mean that it has decided to accept people I mean it could not be anything other than accepting because it is such a queer female neurodivergent space because there are so many queer poets I struggle to think of one who was completely cis-het that I met when I'm there, was there. And it's just so lovely being in a space that cannot help but be accepting because to reject any part of this would be self-rejection. Um, so that's become really important to me. It was one of the reasons I set up High Snowth because I wanted to give these poets a voice. It was important to me that we had a voice and that I was in a I was in a lecture once and I won't name who it was but we were doing a certain a certain play or a certain book rather and the queer undertones weren't even undertones they were overtones the book should be called the portrait of Dorian Gay because it opens up with two old queens having a fight over a twink <laughs> I said what I said, I'm not taking it back. So, <laughs> and I think that because of the way curriculums are run and because we have so much to pack into that, unless you were doing um, a dedicated gender studies or queer studies degree, it's not something you would go into. So it's important to me that that sort of thing gets amplified and, mm -hmm. and elevated. So there we go. It's great. It's great that you're creating a space uh, that you have identified that exists or that needs to exist and that you know you're providing a platform it's, it's absolutely lovely yeah it's 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 nice because a lot of a lot of our poets have said like it feels like home it's a family so yeah it is and we are just as likely to be sharing beans of cats as we are to be talking about manuscripts <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very right Cats are important. <laughs> I'm really sorry, actually. You haven't got to see Frida. She normally comes and gate crashes on these. You never know, she might do. So <laughs> this week in Kleisnoweth News, um, you'll remember Joe Thomas from episode two, his book, Cake, Liberty and Other Inexplicable Phenomena, a brilliant tour de force around autism and asexuality that you should 
definitely read is out. You can buy it on Amazon and we are working hard to get it in other places, including Waterstones. That's the dream, isn't it? Getting your book in Waterstones. <laughs> I mean, you can get mine online at Waterstones, but actually having it in the shop, that's the dream. <laughs> um, and Hannah Edge, as I said last week, um, has come up with a title for hers. And I did say I would let you know what it was. Those days, these days, we'll be covering some amazing themes of sexuality, of growing up, of um, neurodivergence, and I'll be telling you some more about them in upcoming episodes. We also have Redbubble merch, so if you're particularly self-sadistic and would like a mostly white jigsaw puzzle with a small logo in the middle, then you can get one there. Any money we make from that, we're not expecting it to be a be a lot to be honest but anything we do make from there is going straight into our pay your artist budget um details and links for everything will be on the show notes as usual so kate it is the time for the shameless plug what have you got to sell what are your socials do you make the world's best veggie lasagna <laughs> tell us what you're good at <laughs> I do not make the world's best veggie lasagna, but um, you can find me on my uh, website, kakenorth.co.uk and Kate T North on Twitter. Uh, I suppose my last two books, uh, the things that uh, I'll bring to your attention, The Way Out um, was my poetry collection with Parthian Press and Punch, which was a short story collection that came out with Cinnamon Press. Um, and yeah, that's... That, that, that's it. Um, I'll, I'll give it a little shout out as well to um, an organisation that I'm on the board of, Literature Wales. They're doing some fantastic work at the minute um, for writers in Wales, uh, providing lots of uh, paid opportunities for work, uh, commissions and so forth. So do follow their social media as well at the minute. Um, they put calls out when when uh, they have opportunities and they're trying to put as many out there at the minute uh, in, 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 in this uh present situation when a lot of work has dried up for freelancers and artists yeah brilliant definitely i'll put all their details in the show notes as well thank you so much for that so um where are we we've done so we're getting to the end it's really really sad um, <laughs> the poetry events are um there's a spooky stories event that you'll find the link to on Facebook, which is going to be on the 27th. I shall be reading something that I cannot guarantee will not have the ghost of dead babies in it. That's all I'm saying. Last year, people audibly gasped and somebody nearly threw up. Um, <laughs> apparently, I'm quite a dark soul. Who got? Who knew? It's the convent education, I swear. Um, <laughs> But if there's anything else going on in your area, just let me know. I'm quite happy to publicise it. I want the more people being able to go and enjoy poetry and events as possible. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. I have been Dee Dickens and you, as ever, have been utterly marvellous. You can get in touch with the show on dickinsandquips at gmail.com or on Twitter and Insta as Dickens and Quips. I am on The Ponty Poet or Dee Dickens Poet and Author on Facebook. And please do let me know what's going on in your area. If you want to come on the show, hit me up. And don't forget to subscribe so I can get right in your log holes every week. And on that note, I leave you with prompts of the week. This week, it is, 
what does thinking mean in honor of Kate who always gets me to think (laughs) (laughs) and so if you want to send me a poem I'll read it out on the next show thank you so much again for coming Kate it's been an absolute delight to have you thank you for having me Dee it's an invitation I couldn't refuse it's been a blast oh excellent and um try and take care everybody in these unprecedented unrealistic it would seem times try and make good choices and if you cannot make good choices then write some poetry about it ta bye bye